and we're going to kind of touch on some of the nuances of planning. It, it's, it's not just a budget. It's not just a goal, right? Mm -hmm. But it helps you manage the business to the budget and bringing along those four things that we always talk about, the GL4. Because again, at the end of the day, I believe it comes down to people. If people are not responsible for hitting certain goals, they're not accountable for it, they're not paid for performance, then a budget's only as good as the, as the piece of paper it's written on. You need, you need the execution piece of it. Welcome back to the Raw Take for CEOs, where we tackle today's issues and how they impact your business. And this is hosted by me, Dan. And Steven. We'll give you our raw take on what's important for your business. Let's get started. <laughs> Welcome everyone to a new episode of Raw Take for CEOs. Today is July 7th. I hope everyone had a great 4th of July, long, well-deserved weekend. Did you do anything this weekend? Here in New England, it was uh, it was pretty cold. I think we had a record low, actually. Dude, I have mushrooms on, on my grass. <laughs> but <laughs> so I, so but, but it was it was it was a nice weekend. I'm actually enjoying reading some history about U.S. process of getting to Independence Day. So that was kind of enjoyable for me. Wow, you actually like read a book? I did. How do you have time? Question. <laughs> um, <laughs> good, <time>. good question. <laughs> Between the four the four kids and the the century plus old house, sometime yeah. find some sometime. I but think Stephen's just kind of preparing himself for vacation, come Saturday, plus his forty first. Christine uh, did ask birthday. me like, "Are you taking a book on vacation?" I was like, "When am, when am I going to have time to read a book?" So that same same question, same question. But no, it's uh yeah. Hope everyone had a great fourth. Yeah, it was a rainy fourth, and um, didn't really do much. I got asked a few times, did you see any fireworks? Nope. <laughs> no fireworks. I heard a bunch of them. Heard them. Uh, I, I would say this is probably the first 4th of July. Really just kind of stayed low. So that was good. It was nice to um, do nothing and totally disconnected. Kind of looking forward to vacation vacation time too. Yeah, last week we talked about vacations, talked about people, talked about like the second half of the year. Yeah, people are tired, right? I mean, I just uh, was on the phone with a customer and talking about the pipeline, the sales pipeline is full. There's backlogs everywhere, backlogs we haven't seen in, in months. Sales pipeline looks good. However, just getting, getting potential leads to sign on the dotted line, taking that extra step, finding the time to jump on a quick call. The leads are coming in and they're there. It's just... I would say converting, and I think part of it is it is July, and I think this is um, this is summer of 2021. You know, I think we're trying to make up for the lack of summer of 2020. But, anyways, it is July, and today is all about budgets, forecasting, planning, a little bit of demystifying. Yeah, we're going to take a little bit different angle. You're going to run through it, Dan. But you know, you you hear from us all the time. It's all about planning. Back in a year ago, you know, one of our taglines was planning is back in vogue. Like who, who planned for the pandemic to hit last year? There were very few. We had a few few stories that we can say people had their, quote, nuclear option and they pulled pulled the trigger on that. But most people were not planning for that, uh, almost rightly so. But planning was back in vogue. So you've heard us talk about a lot about planning. And today is more of that. But it's actually a different angle. Some of the kind of challenges, maybe speed bumps that we have seen in some of our customers as they go through the evolution of growing as a business, as a founder, as an entrepreneur, 
and uh, how the evolution of planning goes along with that. Yeah, I kind of take maybe my appreciation and understanding of planning maybe a little for granted. And part of it could be my years of experience in middle market companies, uh, Fortune 100 companies. Budgets were important. Budgets were important for people, especially mm -hmm. if you were on bonus programs. Budgets, uh, my first job out of college was in sales, international sales. And, well, with any sales job comes budgets, mm -hmm. right? You got to hit those numbers, annual numbers, monthly numbers. You bring the evolution of the monthly recurring revenue and ARR, and that brings a whole other twist and level of complexity to planning. And so planning for me is, you know, yeah, we're sort of fortunate at times. We say, you know, we're, we are fortunate that we know that we're just going to get it wrong, right? But it's not about getting it wrong. And we're going to kind of touch on some of the nuances of planning. It, it's, it's not just a budget. It's not just a goal, right? Mm -hmm. But it helps you manage the business to the budget and bringing along those four things that we always talk about, the GL4, that we'll, you know, we'll touch on uh, briefly. You know, you're, it's a good point you, you bring up there, Dan. Uh, you, your comment was, uh, I take it a little bit for granted, given kind of coming from sales. Uh, you know, sales has budgets, right? Targets, you know, quotas. Uh, and if you don't hit them, there's very direct and clear feedback loops. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is, is, you know, from you came from kind of the public market side of thing. And I think, you know, that's where the rigor we talk about rigor and cadence, right? Uh, that's where the cadence rigor starts, right? Uh, but businesses don't start there, right? And we have brought a lot of that uh, cadence and rigor to our startups and small businesses in a way that they just have not experienced before. Mm -hmm. I think that's it's, it's hugely valuable. And so today's episode is uh, all about the entrepreneurial journey into budgeting and what that meant when you were the freelancer, the solo entrepreneur, the just getting started mm -hmm. to your series B, $15, 20000000 million in the bank, and what does planning and budgeting mean for you? So let's kind of start off with... Yeah, for me, like it was just two seconds on this sure. to help our listener. Like, where are we going with this, right? Because part of this is that... It, Two months ago, we start, talked about some of the inflection points of startups, right? Some is how you get things set up, and some is like when you're scaling up and getting from that like 10 people to 20 people, right? And this is kind of the same one of the same issues. We didn't highlight it then, but it's how do I think about budgeting and planning, right? Because the, the quote is, how do you manage the business to the budget? Meaning, how do I make sure that I allocate resources to hit budget rather than managing the budget hit in line with the business? Right. And I think, you know, in, going back to like that startup, how, how, how do founders think of planning, how do they think of setting budgets, right? The first things you, you do, it's like the back of the envelope. What can I take, where can I take this idea? Like I can take it to the moon, right? Even if I scale back and think a little more conservatively, I'm going to go out there and raise money and I've got to, I've got to sell, the, sell the dream to investors. And you can take it to the moon, but there's a journey between here and the moon and you know, there's a lot of twists and turns. Part of the budgeting process is to uncover shortfalls in resources, even opportunities that you know you may not have thought about or or had foresight into say six months ago but here you are halfway through the year you're hitting your budget and there's this big opportunity but it's going to require x amount of capital to feed into the working capital machine 
to go after that budget, or you need to go hire a new customer onboarding specialist, et cetera. So uh, it's not just about managing risks, but mm -hmm. it's also about how do I, if there's an opportunity in front of me, you know, how can I afford to capture that opportunity? And I think the early stage, you know, people, uh, founders, entrepreneurs, when they see that opportunity, they're just going to build a new plan. And that is the new budget. You know, we'll talk about some plans versus budgets. But early days, you are super agile, looking at opportunities, looking at risks, and you're going to build a new plan every every two days sometimes, right? Uh, based on new information, opportunities you have in the market, investor interest. You know, if you have an investor that's willing to give you $500,000 to do your current plan, great. If, if there's somebody willing to give you $5 million to do something new, you're going to build a, a, a plan and create a budget for, for that. So early days, people are very agile, right? And they're uh, adjusting their budget on a too frequent basis. So let's go back to the evolution of budgeting for entrepreneurs. So when you started off as an entrepreneur, you're probably oh, you know, doing some consulting. It was one off. Maybe you find yourself a business partner, you kind of started the journey together. Really the budgeting process back then if you will, for solo entrepreneurs, freelancers. It's really about making enough money to pay for your personal expenses, whether it's your mortgage, putting food on the table. And so there are some personal budgeting experts that, uh, that are out there that say, hey, don't start with your salary, your W-2. Start essentially with how much money do I need to put food on the table? And now you can begin to build from that because that is that is your that is your budget. As you begin to grow and you bring on more customers, you start hiring, you're building out teams. I'm not talking going from from one to fifty overnight, but even from one to five. And those five individuals, you could have a product development person, you could have an administrative assistant, you could have onboarding specialist, sales and marketing. Each of those individuals, well, what do they want? They want to know, you know, what are my goals? Okay, great. So now you have their goals, and their goals have to roll up to your budget, right? Why? Because at the end of the day, you have to hit a certain threshold of your budget to make sure you have enough capital to continue the plan. So when we talk about budgeting, I like to think about budgeting to solve these four issues. One, cash flow. Every plan needs capital to execute. Two, a budget helps me understand where I'm making and where I'm losing money. And where I'm making and losing money is it's like losing money isn't the negative piece because I could be investing in a team, a product development, or I could be you know, going into a new market with new salespeople. But it's important to understand where I'm making, where I can expect to make and lose money over the course of the next 12 months or three years. The third piece is I have to hit my top, my headline number, right? Well, that's your revenue number. And understanding the whole customer journey and conversion ratios, assumptions, that's important because that's going to help inform whether or not you're actually marketing for uh, profit versus just marketing for, for revenue. And then the fourth piece, which goes back down to the team, a budget's just a line in the sand. And people need to have direction. And so setting a budget and rolling that budget down to teams, functions, 
products, SKUs, services, whatever, customer segments, geographic regions. That's important because now you begin to create not just alignment, but accountability, right? You've got a responsibility with accountability at the team level. And the fourth piece, of course, is pay for performance. So if you can not just pay people to show up, but affect their behavior to ultimately hit your budget numbers, that's the whole notion behind managing your business to your budget, not the other way around. This notion of like, I never hit my budget, that's not a budgeting problem, that is an execution problem. Right, right. And I think, uh, you know, that the last one of the Growth Lab 4, paying for performance, I think in the early days, as you, you know, hit on, you know, when it's, when it's just about putting food on the table, right, that is your budget and that is your, that is your pay for performance, right? That's your performance. Uh, I, can, I put food on the table, anything above that goes, you know, goes into the, into the pocket and that's the pay for performance. But as you grow, you need, you grow with those team members, you grow with the functions, you need to be able to put together programs, policies uh, to pay for their performance. And they need, need to clear, and we're big, huge fans of simple pay for performance structures that are aligned with your budget, so that you're aligned with the corporate goals, but individually by a function, you know, they are, they are motivated financially, organizationally, culturally to achieve the same goals. Now, there are a lot of ways to build a budget, to build a forecast, but we're gonna talk a little bit about, you know, how, how do you build a budget? And ultimately, you know, what is that purpose? And we sort of talked about the budget being that line in the sand. How do you go about building a budget? Well, it all depends on the maturity of your business or the type of revenue model that you are executing uh, towards. Let's, let's kind of take two angles. One is kind of like more of the startup that is building something, uh, growing fast, might have a little bit of history, but not too much. And then another one being more like mature business, still has growth ambitions, but has, you know, two, three, five years of, uh, of, of operating history that they're in their current business model. So, I mean, uh, you'll hear me say if, uh, if I were to have built an income statement, the first line item would not have been revenue. It would have been my marketing budget, right? And so you're a startup, you're thinking about product development. So I like to approach budgeting and forecasting for startups through a series of roadmaps. And um, I'd like to look at product development roadmap or tech roadmap. What are the hurdles? What are the outcomes? How much yeah. capital does it need? The sales and marketing roadmap, also a critical one. You know, how many people do I need? What's the technology behind those people? Knowing the customer journey, how, how how do how do these people affect buying behavior of your target customers? Yeah, and so budgeting for startups without revenue, it really comes down to more you know the uses of cash versus uh, the sources of cash. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't come down to revenue, is what I meant. Yeah, and so building out a revenue model for a startup, it's usually later on, you know, year year two, year three, as you're thinking about your addressable market, mm -hmm. conversion rates, lead generation, is it e-commerce, advertising, and building a model. But to me, that's not really a budget. To me, the, that's a longer range plan. A budget for me is your annual operating plan, which is this the next 12 months, this, this fiscal period, because that is how we manage. We don't manage a business based on trailing 12 months, we or not trailing, but forward uh, rolling, rolling, rolling 12 months. Yeah. Because people are not being compensated on a rolling 12 months, they're really being compensated on the on a fiscal year performance or fiscal period performance, quarterly, monthly, yearly, yep. 
that mindset of what is the budget versus the rolling 12-month rolling forecast because both of them have a, a, a role to play but the the budget is the budget it's a line in the sand we call it a line in the sand because it you are going to measure things from it it can change we're big proponents of you know this time of the year about a month ago been doing a lot of AOP primes with our with our customers you know you've seen where you've been for the first half of the year let's make adjustments to to be able to hit plan second half of the year if we're low on revenue how are we going to adjust so we can so we can still hit those revenue targets right yep and so let's talk a little bit about the annual planning cycle because that's really what this comes down to you do pick a 12 month period usually it aligns with your accounting period and you're entering into a year with your budget usually the first three maybe six months of an annual business is sort of you know in the books already uh, and then you got the outer six months the second half of the year um, you're coming into this the half of the year you're updating your budget because you've experienced six months of actuals. But that doesn't mean on a monthly basis you can't be updating your forecast. Updating your forecast or revisiting your forecast twofold. One, kind of helps you understand why you missed, you know, what are the variances, why you missed, why you captured more, are you pulling in revenue, is there unforeseen opportunities, and then what are, and sort of with that updated forecast, now you can begin to answer questions like, hey, do I have the resources, the capital, et cetera, to continue on this path? Yeah, just play, playing that out, right? Like this time of year, people are looking at, here's my budget, here's my budget targets for revenue for the year. I've got my 12-month forward-looking rolling uh, forecast, and my 12-month forward-looking rolling forecast tells me that if I do the same as I did in the first six months of the year, I'm gonna end uh, 2021 with $100,000 under my budget on revenue. That's a good application of the 12-month forecast you know, versus your budget. That means I need to do something now to try to make up for that delta. Yeah, and so, okay, now we're halfway through the year, and if you've aligned your budget with people's expectations, or vice versa, actually, uh, again, managing the business to the budget, if you've aligned your people's expectations and goals to the budget, that's you know that six month half mark halfway mark is is important because it's almost like a reset. Versus your monthly forecasting is not a reset; it's just uh, it's it allows for some agility in in, in um, shorter term decision making. I feel like the half month reset is a good time for people to come back to the table and say, "Hey, we sandbag it. We sandbag the first half of the year." Or, hey, we're coming up really short uh, either on cash or profitability. That's another thing we should kind of talk about is the difference between an accrual-based budget, right? And that's sort of your gap, uh, revenue recognition, right? That allows you to see trends. Um, but then on the flip side, what's also really important is cash, right? So you don't always extract your cash needs of the business uh, or cash sources of the business uh, from uh, normal budgeting process. So it's important to not just have your accounting budget, if you will, but it's important to have a cash budget that, uh, or a cash forecast that comes out of your budgeting plan. Yeah, even if it's a simple kind of, uh, not a full, full-fledged cash forecast, but what are, what are my adjustments to cash from my P&L? And on my balance sheet, what are the, what are the cash impacts of uh, things I want to do with my balance sheet over the next 12 months. All right, so let's jump into how to start building and thinking about budgeting. So what's one of the, 
where do you start? Usually thinking yeah. about budgeting. Think about the, your P&L, right? Um, you know, because your P&L is, go is going to drive your budgeting. Where am I going to make money? Where am I going to use money? Uh, and then, you know, once you have that all finished, I'm jumping ahead here a little bit, but you, then you can deal with like some balance sheet issues. Like if I have extra free cash flow, what am I going to do with that? Uh, but we start with start with revenue. Start with the top of the P&L. How am I going to drive revenue? What is my revenue performance going to look like if I've got history? You know, I've got uh, looking back. Is it? Is it? You know, how how is my revenue going to grow over the next twelve months? What are my expectations? What is the economy doing? What is the my industry doing? How are consumers going to react to my product in the next twelve months? All of those things impact what you think you can do in terms of revenue. So I'm going to be a little more tactical. When I think about budgeting, I I try to think about it from two approaches. One, the company level, top down. What are the numbers I need to hit? How much cash do I need to generate? How much cash do I need to raise to keep this machine rolling beyond the next 12 months? So I've got the top-down approach. This is what it takes to cover my fixed costs. This is what it takes to generate excess free cash flow. And here's what I'm going to do with this excess free cash flow. If I don't have excess free cash flow, then I'm probably going to have to go out and raise capital to continue executing on this plan. And then I take it from the bottoms up. Because again, at the end of the day, I believe it comes down to people. If people are not responsible for hitting certain goals, they're not accountable for it, they're not paid for performance, then a budget's only as good as the, as the piece of paper it's written on. You need you need the execution piece of it. Mm -hmm. And I think the only way that happens is not just simply by pushing numbers down, but also gathering sort of meeting in the meeting in the middle. For sure. But at the end of the day, it still comes down to the company numbers and pushing those ultimately down to the teams to ensure that they're executing and or they're planning for additional resource build-outs for their team to meet, to hit those budget numbers, right? I mean, to, to kind of take it, like take it to our business, right? If we said you know revenue for the accounting business should be two x this year from last year, but yeah, I haven't actually budgeted or done anything to hire more team members, I'm probably not I'm probably not aligned, right? Uh, we need you know it's one thing to just set revenue targets; it's another to say here's how I'm going to staff that or resource that or or drive drive that revenue. And so one of the ways I like to ensure that the company is managing to the budget is having feedback loops along the way. And I don't think you need to wait until the end of the year to kind of go back and say, hey, we didn't have budget. It's got to be continuously communicated. You know, here's what we told you. Here's what ended up happening. You know, so what was the purpose? You know, why? What's the why behind the variance? And then that gives you enough time to maybe adjust expectations, push revenue out, pull revenue in, higher resources, mm -hmm. smooth out resource allocation, et cetera. So having those feedback loops, so whether it's weekly scorecards, weekly check-ins, not waiting until the end of the month to essentially throw your hands up in the air and say, hey, didn't hit budget again. And so I, I think if there's one key takeaway, and I know this is not the most exciting topic, but if there's one key takeaway is planning and budgeting has to be part of the core DNA of the business. Otherwise, everyone's just kind of flying blind. There's nothing to rally around. Sure, you've got your customers, you've got your product to rally around, but 
that's great in the beginning, but ultimately in order for this thing you've just built to kind of stay together, the rallying cry is, is really like pay for performance, sustainability, you know, building out the, the scaling of the business, the, the, the team, et cetera. It comes back to making your budget, your budgeting, your setting of expectations part of your management framework. And, and as you grow, going back to that evolution of an entrepreneur, as you grow, you need to change your management framework. It's no longer just yourself, yourself and a business partner, just in it, in, it, in the trenches together. You got to make sure that you have a, the ability for to align a whole team and to communicate with the whole team. And it, it's not as easy as uh, turning a speedboat. Sometimes it's more of a more of a Titanic. Yeah, and I don't think it's um, when we talk about team. It's more than just one function. It's got to be everybody in the company from sales and marketing to production to R&D to finance and accounting, et cetera. That said, I think, you know, if you haven't, if you haven't really, like really taken a look at your budget, your planning, think about it through the lens of those four challenges that most small businesses have. And that's the cash flow, the making of losing money, you know, where, where is it all happening? The marketing, like making sure that you're maybe not leaving money on the table, making sure that you know you're not acquiring not, customers that may not be the perfect fit, profitable. And then, you know, the last is alignment, right? Paying for performance, and we talk about pay for performance, but pay for performance creates team alignment. If you've got the right organization and the right culture, and so with that said. For those who have not checked us out on Clubhouse, we do have a another Clubhouse edition tomorrow, and uh, it's in the startup uh, startup room in the Clubhouse. Speaking of and one of the growth, be, growth lab four marketing, and we're going to be talking uh, to a couple of folks in the digital marketing world. So we're going to sort of swap hats from finance and accounting and numbers and strategy and looking at it more uh, around digital marketing and the importance of digital marketing today. Um, you know, we talk about core competencies. I, I truly believe like companies that, that um, want to be around, expect to be around, digital marketing is just uh, a capability that you need to start really bringing in into the fold. So, yeah, so that's happening tomorrow. Uh, Tomorrow, July 8th, 5 o'clock. If you're listening to this after that, uh, don't miss miss the next one that we do. So uh, message us and we'll uh, make sure we notify you when we're next on uh, Clubhouse. Cool. All right. Well, happy birthday. And Thank enjoy you. Enjoy vacation. Okay, Steve. That was good. That's a wrap for this week's Raw Take. That was great. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week in the Raw Take for CEOs.